to preach, it is always a treat to be in worship with you and to enjoy just the services well conceived and well led and great music and so thank you. And, you know, I've got to say, I'm also excited for you about Thomas. I, I know he's been here about a year, but he and I had not met till this morning. And I, I quickly get the sense that God has richly blessed you in bringing him here, uh, as God has done with us. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know that's true of Jill, who is uh, a good friend and... So it's, it's just good to be with you. And there's, there's kind of a sweet irony in my timing here because I actually, you were the first church in Texas that ever invited me to come speak at anything uh, a little over 10 years ago. And uh, this was before I ever imagined that I would end up in the hill country. And uh, over the years, I've had many chances to interact with you. And now, as I'm just beginning in uh, my work at Fuller in Southern California, it's kind of sweetly ironic that I'm back with you today, and I'm so grateful for the friendship that we've had over the years. Many of you have gotten to know at Lady Lodge or in other ways, and you know I know the relationships will continue, even though I will be in a, a little further away than uh, I, I've been. Uh, our scripture reading this morning comes from Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 22 to 28. Listen to God's word. You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So then, putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands, so as to have something to share with the needy. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, uh, indeed, you hold the whole world in your hands, including us, this service, Each person, each thought, each deed, we ask you to be uh, fully sovereign here in our worship. Help me to speak truly of you. Help us to hear what you have us to hear today. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. When I was uh, just a boy, I, I loved dressing up in my dad's clothing. I remember getting in his closet and pulling down one of his suits and, you know, putting on the pants and the belt, which, of course, you know, I mean, this was a little large for me, Uh, putting on his big old coat and his shoes and all dressed up like my dad. And then, of course, what would I do? Well, I'd go to work because that's what dads did when they got dressed up like that. If you were to ask me at that season of my life, why do you work? Or at any rate, why does dad work? I'd say, well, that's just what dads do. Uh, in those days, we sort of took for granted the mom part, uh, realizing that uh, uh, she was just being a mom day and night, right? But my dad was working. We've, I've learned that that's not the best way to think of it. <laughs> in 
In my junior high years, my dad was caught up in a, in a rather down economy in Southern California. He was in the aerospace industry and sort of the bottom fell out of that. And so for two or three years, my dad was unemployed. Uh, and during that season of time, our family was very, very worried about our livelihood. Would we lose our home? Would we have enough for even basic necessities? And if you were to ask me then, well, why work? I'd say, well, it's obvious. I mean, you've got to work to make money to live. You need food? Do you need a roof over your head? That's why you work. That's still true. And I think we're all very much aware of that especially if you have gone or maybe even now you're in a season in which your work is kind of unsteady or maybe you're out of work looking for a job. I mean, you know that we work because we need to make money in order to live. But I think for many of us, there comes a time in life when we begin to ask slightly different kinds of questions or at least think in a different way about work. We wonder, is there, is there anything about work and why we do it beyond uh, simply supporting our basic necessities of life? Is there deeper meaning to work and purpose? And especially for those of us who are Christian. You know, in, in what way is God a part of our work and our work a part of our life in God? And are, are, are there ways that God helps us to understand our work differently? Maybe even to help us differently ask the question, why work? In fact... We find that throughout the scripture, work, daily work, is addressed. Literally from the first chapter of Genesis to the very last chapter of Revelation, you'll find teaching that is relevant to our daily work. And again and again and again throughout the scripture. This morning I want to focus only on one verse. But it's a significant verse, both in terms of what it teaches in in an obvious way, and what it teaches that sometimes is easily missed. That verse is Ephesians 4.28. I'll read it again to you. It says, Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. This verse here is an example of the broader principle that was articulated a bit earlier as I read it, namely that when we are in Christ, we are to put off the old self, the old life, to be renewed through the Spirit, and then to put on the new life. So in this case, those who were once stealing ought to put off stealing and put on a new life of working honestly with their own hands. The words in this verse for work suggest that we're talking about real hard labor. One of the verbs that's translated here as to labor has the connotation of really hard work. Moreover, the mention of hands. So this isn't sitting back watching others work. This is getting engaged, getting involved ourselves. It's working hard. And we ought to do it. But why? Well, the verse gives us something quite obviously in the second part of it. It says that we are to work hard so as to have something to share with the needy. Where once the thief was selfish, now the thief is to be generous. Where once it was about taking, now it's about giving. Why do we work? So that we can give to those in need. So that we can give to that which needs our help. So that we can give to support the Lord's work. We work in order to give. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago, 
I found a fascinating article in the New York Times by Nicholas Kristof. He was telling a story of a man named Matt Wage, which is interesting given we're talking about work. Wage, W-A-G-E. Matt Wage was a brilliant student at Princeton University in the philosophy department. He had the opportunity to go on to Oxford to study philosophy. But Matt Wage decided, like many Princetonians, that he was going to go to Wall Street and make a lot of money. But he had a very distinctive sense of what he was to do. He was going to make a lot of money so that he could give away a lot of money. Now that might sound like the rationalization of a 22-year-old, but in fact that's exactly what he has done. 2013, Matt made somewhere around $200,000 and he gave away more than half of what he'd earned. And his hope, his plan, is to make more and more and more so that he can give away more and more and more. This mindset is part of a secular movement known as effective altruism. And for him, it isn't the work itself that has particular meaning or significance, but the fact that through this work, he can make a lot of money to give a lot away. Now, I expect if you've been around the church for a while, you, you've heard reasoning like this uh, 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 from Christians. You know, one of the reasons that we work is so that we can give. And uh, sometimes people who are particularly capable or blessed and make a lot of money, uh, you know, you and I might feel a little awkward about that, whether we're that person or we're somebody else, except if those people are generous, somehow that makes it okay. If we work hard and we make a lot and we give a lot, then it, it, it redeems the work, so to speak. Now, this verse in Ephesians teaches that that is a, a good way to think that one of the reasons for working is to be able to give. And I, I know that many of you here in this room, you understand this, you live this. When I first came to speak to this church, uh, about ten, a little more than ten years ago, there was, there was no glorious building over there, right? That was just empty space. And now there's a wonderful building. And uh, I, I, I'm sure it's there because partly because many of you in this place have given generously to see that it's there. In your own personal lives and, and through the church, you've been able to give to help the needy, give for causes of justice, and all kinds of things. And I'm sure that there are many of you here who find great meaning and joy in being able to give. And that's a reason to work. It's a good reason. When we read Ephesians 4.28 in English it might almost seem as if that is the main reason to work. But we miss something that's there. It's just not easily seen in translation. The NRSV that I read earlier says that uh, those who are thieves, it says of them, let them labor and work honestly. The ESV says of the thief, let him labor and do doing honest work. But the New Living Translation says, use your hands for good, hard work. The King James Version says, let the thief labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good. And we wonder, is this talking about honest work, not dishonest? Is it talking about work that's good? And so we look back to the original language in the Greek. And when we do, if we were to translate it very literally, the verse reads this way, let the thief no longer steal, rather let him labor, working with his own hands the good. 
If when you were in college, you took a philosophy course and you studied Plato, and Plato uh, was asking, what is the good? In Greek, it was ta agathon. That's the language that's here. Working ta agathon, working the good. It means that which is morally good, that which is excellent, that which is valuable. It's the same word that's in the next verse in Ephesians. It says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. So the point here is that in working, we have the opportunity to do good. And again, we're not talking about some kind of spiritual work or church work or mission work. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But we are talking about manual labor, hard work. It's exactly the kind of work that Paul did as a tent maker, a sower of leather, And actually, it's exactly the kind of work that the Son of God did for most of his adult life. So why do we work, according to this verse? Not only to have money so that we might be generous, but also because the work itself enables us to do that which is good. The work enables us, in fact, to fulfill our created purpose. If you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, You say, why does God create human beings? In Genesis 1, uh, we're created in God's image and likeness. Why? God says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and govern it. Basically, go out and do work. In Genesis 2, we are to till and care for God's garden to do work. And so in working... We do that for which we are created. We do that which can be good and fulfill our human purpose. Now, some of us might ask at this point, but, you know, that's kind of an Old Testament perspective. Uh, Does that carry over into the New Testament? Isn't in the New Testament, aren't there other things for us to do? Aren't we to, you know, share the gospel and make disciples? And, you know, doesn't somehow that kind of work get elevated over other work? It's a good question. And Ephesians helped to give us an answer. If you go back a couple chapters, so we were reading 428, you go back to chapter 2, and you go back to verses 8 to 10. Familiar text. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. We do not earn our salvation. It is given to us by grace, received in faith, not works. But, Ephesians 2.10 then reads, For we are what He has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Not saved by works, but created in Christ Jesus, created anew in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared for us. Now, if you were to look in the Greek at that expression, good works, you would see that the language is uh, very, very similar. Same roots, just different forms, but very similar to what we find in 428. 428 says we are to work the good. This talks about good works prepared by God for us. What is that? What, what are we saying here? We are seeing that when we come to faith in Christ, when we receive God's grace through faith, God makes us anew in Christ. We are newly created. Why? For good works. And the language clearly 
includes in that work that is good. So, is it also true that we who are Christian, we who are part of the new creation, are to do work that is good? And the answer is clearly yes. And this makes sense if you reflect on it theologically. Because God set up the world in which work would be a good thing, and then what happens? Sin comes in and messes it up. And so Genesis 3 shows us what happens to work when sin enters in. For women, part of the work is the labor, the literal labor of giving birth to children. Now that's going to come with pain and difficulty. For the man, it's working the soil and it's being a farmer, but now there are going to be thorns and thistles and there's going to be sweat of the brow. In other words, one of the first things that happens when sin enters in is that our work life gets messed up. So it makes sense that as Christ comes to restore what God has intended, then our work life is going to be redeemed. And we'll be even more empowered and enabled to work that which is good. So why work? Absolutely in order to give. What a joy and a privilege to do that. And God enables us to do that. That's a good reason to work. Why else do we work? Because through work we can do that which is good. We can fulfill our created purpose and we can even live out who we are as new creations in Christ, doing the good works through doing good work. When I think of good work, I think of friends I have known over the years. I think of Marilyn, who is on the housekeeping staff out at Lady Lodge. She's been there many years. Uh, She does good work. If you've ever been to Lady Lodge, one of the things you know is the experience of walking into one of the rooms there, and they're absolutely clean. They are wonderful. You you feel welcomed by how uh, fresh and clean the room is. Marilyn is one of those who does that. And I, I asked her once about that because I said, Marilyn, in, in your years here, I mean, you've cleaned bathrooms thousands of times. So how, how, did, how, do you, how do you keep doing that? She said, well, a couple things. She said, one is, I know how much it matters to the guests, and I think of that. That motivates me. She said, the other thing is, sometimes when I'm cleaning the bathroom, I think I'm cleaning this bathroom for God. And she is. It's good work. I think of my friend Norm. Norm is an elder in the church that I pastored in Irvine, California. Very active in the church. One of those apart from whom that church would be much, much less than it is today. He does a lot of great work in the context of the church. But in the rest of his life, Norm is an inventor and an engineer. And he's invented medical equipment. He invents medical devices that enable surgeons to do stuff inside of your body without cutting you open. It wouldn't surprise me, actually, if some of you in this room have benefited from things that Norm has invented, because he invents this with his team, and they test it, test it, and then when it's all great, he sells it to Johnson Johnson for a ton of money, and then he goes back and invents another one. And over the years, Norm has employed lots of people in good endeavors, and he has created things that make the world a better place and help to heal people. His church work is outstanding, but his work, his daily work, It's good. I think of my friend down in Bernie, Trey. 
Trey had intended to be a teacher. He was studying in school to be a teacher, but he got married, and lo and behold, they got pregnant, and uh, he needed to make money. So he put aside that, and he began washing windows. Turned out he had a, a real gift for washing windows. I'm serious. If I wash the windows at home, they'll look fine. If he washes them, it, 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 for one thing, you just don't even see them. I mean, he really has a And so his business began to flourish. And years later, he's got a very strong business. But I asked him one time, I said, you know, you'd wanted to be a teacher, and I, I know that there was some disappointment for you. How do you, how do you do the window washing thing? He says, I think about how I'm doing this for the Lord. I think about the beauty that I'm able to contribute to as people can look through the window and just see the beauty of nature out there. And so when I'm working, I I feel like I'm adding to the beauty of this world. And he is. It's good work. One other example, I think of John and Jennifer. Uh, In the 70s in uh, California, John and Jennifer had an idea. Newly married couple. They, They thought, you know, let's... They had a little technological expertise, and they said, well, let's take some machines and, you know, some rudimentary computer stuff, and maybe we'll put something together, and we can uh, have a business that sends out financial statements, you know, like from the bank and that sort of thing. And so they got this thing going in their garage, literally, and they got a couple of customers, and so they grew their business a little, and they got their machines a little better, and it grew a little more, and they had to move out to another place, and they had to move out to another place, and and now, many years later, this is a thriving business. I would not be at all surprised if some of the uh, financial statements that you and I receive uh, come from them. They actually have a, a now a branch in Texas. There are hundreds and hundreds of people with good work. Now, John and Jennifer are also deeply devoted Christians in all of life. They, because they have been very uh, financially successful, they were able themselves to build a a significant orphanage in China. They're very involved in mission work in China. But if they were here today, they would tell you that that's not just their ministry. It's all of life is their ministry, and they pray about their work and their employees, and they live out their faith in every piece of the things they do, in their business, their mission work, their family. They do good work. This is good news for us, and it's especially good news for those of us who have work that may not be all that obviously glorious. And by the way, if you're retired, you've still got plenty of work to do. You're just not getting paid for it. I'm sure you've got stuff you do each day. But whether your work is is teaching somebody or you're a doctor and you care for people medically or whether your work is working with financial statements or your accountant or you're an attorney or maybe your work is in in this stage of life it's being a stay-at-home mom or dad you know diapering is good work think of what it would be if no one did it (laughs) not glorious but important good work the more you and i can see that everything we do in life can be offered to the lord as part of our life of worship to him including our daily work, whatever it is. We, we, we do it, yes, because of things that come from it, like the ability to give and to support needy people and good causes. But our work itself is, can be an offering to God. 
And the more we grasp that, the more we are able to live our whole life for His glory, the more we are able to find meaning and purpose in whatever we do, whether you're creating medical devices that will bring healing to people or whether you're cleaning bathrooms. The work can be good when it's offered to God. Let's pray. And so, gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for the, the way you have created us and for the privilege of doing work and being a part of your work in this world. Not just the work of the gospel, but the work of growing food and building homes and teaching people and healing bodies and working out financial situations, and etc., etc. Thank you for including us. Help us, Lord, to see every bit of life as for you, to live every bit of life as a gift to you. Help us, for those of us who get up tomorrow morning and put on our own clothes and go to work, help us to do that work as a gift, as an offering, and may you be glorified in it. Lord, use our work for your good. Thank you for the opportunities you give us through the money we earn to be generous with others. And may we be generous and faithful in our giving. May we come to see that all of life, all that we have and all that we are and all that we do is for your purposes and your glory. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.